Yes, it is Monday, September 19. You are listening to the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Massive week ahead and uh, plenty of emotion on the text line this morning from those who watched the Mario Fenix story on 7 last night. And morning to you, Buzz. I know yeah. you watched it and it was very emotional. Yeah, I texted you uh, last night, Meadow. Uh, um, I don't mind admitting I shed a tear. Mario was a very good friend of mine throughout his career and um, to see him... Struggling in the manner in which he is was really, really sad. And, um, I'm glad it was the story was covered so well, though. I'm, I'm glad it's again raised awareness. There are other footballers struggling in Mario's position. We're, we're, Roy Simmons is not at that stage yet, but Stephen Mortimer, the great Turvey Mortimer, George Piggins, and I think. <clears throat> Excuse me, that story last night was one of the saddest I've seen on TV. And um, I, I think it's a message, not just to all of us in the media, but to players and everywhere to, to really get behind NRL, you know, attempts to the, the crackdowns on high tackles. And even for players like Jared Wirahagri's, Felice Capusi, even Victor Radley, Nelson Masofa Solomona, that Maybe it's time they did think about, you know, look, they're all great players. They're all very tough men. But just to think a little bit more about how they play the game. Um, I don't think we can support the NRL enough on this. I think one of the saddest parts of that story last night was the financial struggles that the Connect family is facing to get Mario the treatment he needs long term. You look at the owners of the South Sydney Rabbitohs and you know that uh, Mike Cannon-Brooks, he's worth $20 billion. James Packer, Russell Crowe. I would really like to see them do more to ensure that Mario and his beautiful family are well looked after for what is a deteriorating condition. And, um, yeah, he's going to need a lot of help. And It was a tough old game in those days, was, and the NRL have done it great job to, to uh, clean it up, but um, I, I think there's more to be done. The collisions compared to when Mario played because of sports science, because of the athlete and the power game we now have are, are, are probably even harder than what they were back then. Mm. Um, early this morning we touched on it, Buzz, and I failed to mention men of league as well. Clarky asked me whether there was yeah. a support group to to help yeah. and men of the league do a wonderful job so I just wanted to recognise yeah. them and, no. but obviously it's going to be an ongoing issue for Mario and the ongoing financial support so I, yeah, I like, take your point there. Yeah the men of the league um, is a wonderful wonderful organisation that help, have helped out thousands of people from volunteers to junior footballers anyone who's fallen on hard times but I think even this is a is a much bigger story and mm. um, it, it costs a lot of money to get people in Mario's state the, the care they need and, and um, I'm sure after the exposure last night that people in the game will rally for his family and um, and it, as I said it's just, not just Mario, it's, you, you guys know the Steve Mortimer story yep. the Roy Simmons story and mm. I'm really really passionate now about getting on board and Look, it's a great collision sport. We're never going to take out the contact. And a lot of things that happen on a rugby league field are accidents. But we're going to lower the collision rate the harder we work on keeping tackles down. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I also think, Buzz, as a game too, we need to um, look after it and protect our players a little bit more in regards to, you know, we saw Mitch Moses last weekend, uh, you know, knocked out against Penrith, but then was allowed, and I'm not just saying this because he played Parramatta either, by the way, I'm just talking about generally overall in the NRL, we allow players back you know, seven days after they've been concussed. I think that needs to change as well. Yeah, Loss, I did a story. Um, Professor Chris Levi is the is a, is a leader, like the lady um, Rowena Mobs we saw last night on the show. He is now suggesting, he's a senior advisor to the NRL, that there has to be an automatic one-week stand-down for any player who suffers a bad concussion. And that takes it out of the doctor's hands. You, you just miss one game and then you examine the following week to mm. make sure you're right to come home. And that one week rest could mean everything. Certainly, Professor Lee, I think so. Buzz, what did you make of the footy, mate, over the weekend? I'll tell you what, it's lovely to talk to you again. <coughs> you all right? <laughs> Jeez, you created some headlines, you too. Did you get some sleep, you are right? You, <laughs> you're not too low? I'm here if you need anything, buddy. Listen, I've lifted your suspension, all right? I only gave you a week, all right? Mate, you would have loved it a bit more attention in the papers. You would have loved that buzz. Clarky, you know what? As long as they spelled my name right, I don't care. And and pronounced it right as well. Very important. Hey, um, your question about the football. um, A great weekend of football. Um, I, I was disappointed in my Sharks. Um, I, I think I know why that they played and that they lacked intensity and that their defence for the last two weeks were pretty horrible. Reason being, you have a look at their roster and I'll just go through it. Aidan Tolman, 33. Andrew Fafiva, 33. Wade Graham, 31. Mm. Dale Finucane, 31. Matt Moylan, 31. Now, anyone in sports science will tell you that once you're north of 30, recovery is not is harder than what it is for, for, for young sportsmen. It, it's just a fact. They're, you know, they've, they've been around a lot longer. They've played more games and their bones and muscles and ligaments aren't what they used to be. So I think after that, uh, what was it, 93-minute game against the Cowboys? I just don't think Cronulla came up. And a lot to do with, I think, was their ageing roster. But you look at their entire season, what Craig Fitzgibbon's done, they go shark fans a, a lot of hope for the future. Uh, I think they had a great year. What about the Raiders though, Buzz? We were, well, I certainly was disappointed, but I thought their year overall, considering where they came from after round 12, was, was magnificent. Uh, they knocked off the storm in week one of the finals, but obviously Parramatta were just way too good on Friday night. Yeah, they were way too good. And look, I, I can clearly remember phone calls to Ricky Stewart probably weekly between rounds 8 and 12, and um, about the struggles he was facing at um, Canberra. But incredibly, he always remained positive and said, look, we've got Fogarty coming back, Jamal Fogarty, and, you know, give us a bit more time. I'm not convinced our season's done yet. And you know what? He was right, and exactly the same what I said about the Sharks. You know, they had a... Their second half of the season was almost as good as any other club in the competition. And while they've got Tarpany and Papalihi up front, you know, and Jackie White and at 5'8", and, you know, I think they're going to be a strong club for a few more years yet. Um, I think their premiership window is still open. They need to work on that roster 
a little bit more, but um, they were disappointing against the Eels. They, they ran out of steam. They, I think they were on a massive high against Storm and couldn't get back up. Um, the Parramatta were outstanding, weren't they? I thought they were clearly the best side we saw on the weekend. Two epic preliminary finals then, and Friday night, the Eels trying to make their first decider since 2009, but they've got to do it the hard way in Townsville in the heat. Yeah, that, that is tough. I mean, I'll tell you what's tougher. If you're a Parramatta fan trying to get to Townsville, I looked on What If website for a room in Townsville. Not for me, just to find out. You know, they were telling me they were about $1,000 a night of room, but there's no room. The, the town is completely sold out. So if you're a Parra fan, you're going up, take a tent. <laughs> and you look at airfare, the airlines are cashing in on. It's about a grand. Return by the time you get a ticket, it's going to be an expensive weekend for fans. But um, <clears throat> they were magnificent the other night, and I thought it was arguably Mitchell Moses' best game for the club. He copped a nasty shot off Jack White, and I didn't like that head slam whatsoever. And I thought the match review committee might have picked that up and given Jack a week uh, a fine at the very least. But Moses and Dylan Brown behind Paul Lowe and Reed and Campbell-Gillard were just sensational. Mitchell Moses, um, there's been a lot of knocks on him that he hasn't come up in big games for many years. But, you know, Nathan Cleary is clearly the number one halfback in the game. But I'd put Mitchell Moses dead heat for second with Jerome Hughes and, um, of course, Daly Cherry Evans. He's a wonderful player. His kicking game was superb. He kicks goals. He... I loved the try sport. He showed speed, didn't he? And he was sort of hanging out wider and picked it up and just took off the line the way he celebrated that try with the fans. It was fantastic to watch. And so, look, I think there was a real chance in, in, in Townsville. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I've got a bit of a throat going on here. Um, I reckon they'd get the Cowboys in the middle, Lloyd. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think their best is good enough to win the comp bus. I, I, I think Parramatta's best. But what concerns me is that they don't play their best week in, week out. And they've got two tough games coming up. You mentioned Mitchell Moses. He's a wonderful player. Uh, but he's got to deliver two weeks in a row now. He's, he's got to deliver. This is their best chance they've had for a long while to win a premiership. And Mitchell and Dylan Brown... They get no better time to prove to their critics that they can win big games and big moments against quality opposition because the yeah, quality is there now. It's interesting you, know. you say that. I, 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 you don't regularly see Parramatta turn off and have an off night when there's so much riding on a game. Mm. You remember early in the year, they were thumped by Canterbury, the Bulldogs. And it was one of the biggest upsets of the year because they didn't turn up with their footy boots. They didn't turn up with attitude. They didn't turn up with intensity. But I've got this feeling, and I'm really, really happy for Brad Arthur, that he's got them now mentally prepared for these end-of-season games. And I would not be surprised at all if they went a step further and, um, and knocked the Cowboys off and went through to the grand final. Yeah, well, they've just got to trust their ability and trust the football that's got them there. And the best football that they play, it's all about offloading the ball and just playing with momentum. Haven't they, haven't they got an offload? Oh, they have. And, and that's the way that they're going to win a competition. They're not going to win it by just completing and kicking. And I 
thought they fell into that trap in week one of the finals. And the other thing it does by offloading the ball, in my opinion, is that the strength of Dylan Brown and the strength of Mitchell Moses is their ability to run. And when you yep. offload the ball, it makes the halves get the ball in their hands and run. Now, yeah. they might make a line break, but they're going at a retreating defensive line. And if they've got people pushing up with support and pushing into holes, they're good ball players as well as good runners. So they've got yeah, all sure. options at their disposal. Sure. South Penrith, huge too, guys. Huge. Can, can you envisage an upset at all, Buzz? Oh, I can. But I'll tell you something about South. I didn't think they were that impressive against Cronulla. I thought they left about 30% of their game at home. And if they bring that 30% this weekend, we're going to see a wonderful, wonderful final, uh, grand final prelim. I I really do. Yeah, I I think they're an outside chance. I'm not going to tip them, but it would not surprise me if they did lift and and, and beat Penrith. I I did see Ivan Cleary and... uh, Andrew Webster, his uh, coaching assistant, and Cameron Serraldo, um in the members the other night, um, enjoying a light beer and running their eye over the Rabbitohs. Um, but South had left a lot in the tank, and they can play much better than they did the other night. Take nothing away from them. But their completions were way down on what you need against the great sides to win finals football. Mm. The other story... I've written about this morning is Latrell Mitchell. And like Clarkie, uh, me and uh, your Tuesday correspondent, Danny Wide, have been arguing a little bit about his contract worth. And I've suggested that Latrell is potentially the first ever $2 million player in rugby league. And I'll explain here why, as much as it sounds fairly outrageous. I think the highest paid players in the game are going to get a 10% contract increase when the cap goes up 12% in the next couple of years. It's going to go up to almost $11 million. So the clearies of this world will be on $1.4 million on the salary cap. I think Latrell is that good, that special, that he's a $1.4 million player in his next contract at some stage. My other point is, I think Latrell is the most phenomenal marketing machine, bigger than Sonny Bill Williams, bigger than Thurston, bigger than... He is just a superstar. And I think with their owners, and I mentioned them early, Cannonball, Packer and uh, Russell Crowe, the connections they have, as long as they keep them at arm's length, there is no reason why Latrell can't pick up another 600k in third parties, endorsements from outside the game. Lots of you seen or Clarky a, a superstar in the game of his standing and and the attention and the way he clicks turnstiles and the way he brings viewers to he is huge. He's certainly um high profile at the moment and everyone wants a part of him and I said earlier this morning, like South won that game on the weekend and Luttrell had a couple of good touches, but he wasn't anywhere near his best. No. So that's the scary thing if you're a Penrith facing South this weekend. You know that, hang on, South won, they weren't great, and Luttrell wasn't the X factor we're all thinking he was going to be. And you just know he's going to turn it on at some stage throughout the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, and, and he has got that marketability as well off the field. Yeah, I could give you stats. 
and um, I'll, I'll print them in the next couple of weeks, that he is as influential to South as Tom Turbo is to Manly. Yeah, he's right. more influential to South than Nathan Cleary is to Penrith in that the, the, the losses they have when these guys aren't playing. And yeah, no. he's an extraordinary figure in the game. I, I love watching him play. I, I don't know if you saw McCollum today, but there was a... <clears throat> the, the week before, we saw him all hyped up and at war with the Roosters, and then there was this lovely touch at the end of the game on Saturday night where he uh, he walked over and he picked Nico Hines up off the ground, had a word in his ear, gave him a cuddle. It was lovely, lovely stuff. Just on the text line, Buzz, us, the punters, want Clark v. Buzz round two. <laughs> it's in high demand. No, nah, Buzz oh. needs a week out of the press. He's no. busy last no, week. He, he needs a week off. <laughs> I'll tell you what they do, Buzz. They give it here on NRL 360 as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, Monday's a big day. Hey, you're getting it everywhere. You're copping it everywhere. Tuesday's recovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what day, do you, what day is your recovery day? Sorry? Is Tuesday your recovery day? Yeah. So you cop it with us, and then you cop it on NRL 360, and then you just recover at home for the rest of the week. Yeah, no, no, it can be hard. I'll tell you what, I didn't join the weekend, boys. I went to the Swans ah, for the Sharks. What a game. I really I really enjoyed the game and that there weren't, that the, the umpires were allowed to umpire the game. There was no noise in their ears. They, uh, there they were less stoppages. I, 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 I I'm starting to not like the bunker, and not like it a lot, you know. I mm. um, and I, I, I really hope we look at ways to back it off a little bit, and, um, because I, I enjoyed watching the Swans. I really did. Buzz, chat next week. Enjoy hey, your prelim you finals. Guys. Talk soon. Cheers. Now, big news in the NFL this morning, as far as the San Francisco 49ers are concerned. Loz Trey Lance, his ankle. Pointing or his foot pointing in the wrong direction. Ouch! So he's, he's gone for the year. He's gone. Gonskis, surely. So Jimmy Garoppolo's come on, come on, and guess what? They're leading twenty nothing at halftime against Seattle. Hmm. Well, you, you know the other thing about when that ha- type of injury happens to a guy like Trey Lance, and we've seen it happen in the NRL. That could be the end of your career. Oh, so God. fingers crossed it's not. And one that uh, example for me. Uh, was uh, young uh, Yeah Yee from Yee, the Brisbane, Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. Um, and uh, he never recovered from that ankle injury. He had plenty of surgeries on it. So, I, And I know they take great care with their superstars over there in America, but fingers crossed for Trey Lance that this doesn't affect his long-term future in the game. Uh, but the 49ers would be patting themselves on the back now that they didn't trade Garoppolo in the off-season because there was some talk that he was going to leave. You've got a, a quarterback there that's taken this franchise to two Super Bowls. Uh, while he may not have won, he's taken them to two Super Bowls and they were talking about him as being a wonderful team man and someone that they didn't want to let go. Um, but the fact they've kept him and Trey Lance will be out for the season after suffering that serious leg injury... Um, they'd be pretty happy with themselves because he might lead them to another Super Bowl this this year. Because oh. they're, they're, they're certainly their defence is very good. Oh, that that carried them a long way last season. And yeah, with George Kittle and Debo Samuel, I mean, they're contenders. 
Garoppolo's a better quarterback, clearly, than Trey Lance at this stage of his career. Well, at this so, stage of his career, it is. Yeah. But long term, you know, they they put a lot of um, effort and time into into him, and obviously, um, you know, he's a, a high trade pick, and um, they gambled with him somewhat because they they took him as a high draft pick and. They wanted to replace him because they felt his game was going to be better than Garoppolo's in the long term. But what does this do for Trey Lance's long-term future? We're unsure of it. Well, one thing we know is that the playing group will be happy that Garoppolo is out there at the moment. No doubt about that. Uh, now, some other results around overnight in the Premier League. Just two matches. There were two matches postponed uh, Big matches they are too, so or big rivalries. So with the Queen's funeral, uh, the Premier League opted to postpone the games between Chelsea and Liverpool and also Manchester United and Leeds. Uh, Arsenal went to Brentford and won 3-0. So Arsenal are back on top of the Premier League table. Uh, Everton beat West Ham 1-0. Now, Ange Postacoglu's Celtic have been beaten in the Scottish Premier League for the first time in 364 days. They were beaten... 2-0 by St Mirren. Uh, they still lead Rangers at the top of the league by two points after just seven games into the season. So a rare defeat for Angers Celtic there overnight. Um, now, in the Brownlow medal last night, Carlton's Patrick Cripps won by one vote ahead of the 2020 winner, Brisbane's Lockie Neal. And he got the victory due to getting three votes in the final round where his Carlton side lost by a point to Collingwood. Uh, now, also uh, last night, or yesterday, in fact, we saw Aussie Grace Brown win silver in the women's time trial at the UCI Road Cycling World Championships in Wollongong. The 30-year-old finished 13 seconds behind Dutch star Ellen van Dyke. And in the boxing yesterday, Canelo Alvarez retained his undisputed super middleweight title with a unanimous decision victory in his trilogy fight against Gennady Golovkin. And the first bout between the pair in 2017 was a draw. Alvarez won the rematch by majority decision in 2018. And uh, I didn't see the fight, but from all reports, the great Alvarez was dominant yesterday. Won by unanimous decision, uh, with many saying the scorecards are a lot closer than they should have been. But... uh, that's a victory for Canelo Alvarez there yesterday. Give us a call for Heroes and Villains, 135353, and stacks of text here as well. Um, Heroes and Villains, lads, villain in action by the NRL over the Instagram post by uh, Caitlin Moran of the Knights. She ended up getting a 25, well, her suspended fine for 25% of her salary and also got a one match ban. Uh, on the weekend. Hero David Beckham. How about this? Yeah, being part of the common people lining up for 13 hours to view the Queen's casket. Honourable mention to the Swans, Guy from Maitland. That was mm. awesome to see. Yep. Beckham just joining the queues along with everyone else. Yeah, fantastic. And paid his respects. Yeah, I thought it was great seeing yeah. Smitter. Um, obviously, he was emotional inside too. He met the Queen on a number of occasions and he felt it was his duty to go and stand <laughs> in that line and offer his support to the family, but also pays respects to the passing of, of the Queen. And um, there's been so much outpouring of love for her, um, not only um, over there in, in England, but all around the world. Uh, we see it here in Australia. Um, and there'll be a lot of people with their eyeballs on the television in the next 24 hours when she is going to um, have a, 
funeral service and we say our goodbyes to the Queen. But, yeah, it was great to see David Beckham uh, there, um, you know, paying tribute to a woman that he, he obviously knows. And um, it's great sadness that, you know, she's passed. But the outpouring of love for her is like something we've never seen before. Well, 70-year reign. Incredible. Uh Hero and villain, hero. The Panthers as a football club in general. Already this year, one SG baller in Jersey flag. New South Wales Cup and one game away from an NRL grand final. About time the club started getting the recognition they deserve. Villain, uh, the imbecile French ref from the Wallabies test match. Just embarrassing. Cheers, Wild Panther. Hero, J-Mac with another Michelle Pfeiffer. Five wins on Saturday. Villain, news journos who whinged for years. We have technology to get calls right to use the uh, use the bunker. Now whinging about Bunker being too involved. Be careful what you wish for, says old mate from Uminer. Uh, morning, boys. Here are Ali Mosley, three of her selections on the weekend. Salia, Overpass and Benno, all in a place multi. Paid $35. She's a ripper. Yes, she is. She's coming up soon, too. Uh, villain, the USPGA. Pull your head in and bring everyone together in a world tour sooner. Uh, sooner rather than later. The fractured groups has weakened the viewing options for fans. Um, now, just by the way, on the live tour, Cam Smith is just checking in how he's going because he was closing in on victory on the back nine there in Chicago. And uh, I'll have to come back. Now, here it is. He is through 16 holes. He leads by two shots from Dustin Johnson and Peter Ulane. So two shots clear the Aussie with uh, two to play there in Chicago. We've got Dale on the line. Morning, Dale. How you going, boys? Yeah, pretty good, thanks, mate. You got a hero and villain? Yeah, I do. Uh, mate, hero, of course, the Swannies. Uh, had to had to look after the kids on Saturday, so it was going absolutely bananas watching the game. And I uh, bought out the old Laurie Nichols in the third quarter. I was throwing left and right every goal we kicked. So <laughs> the kids were looking at me going, what's this bloke on? So <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit close in the last quarter, but uh, I'm lucky to watch Collingwood supporters, eh? Especially Eddie Maguire. <laughs> Yeah, no sympathy. I'll tell you what, though, uh, this Collingwood side, you, you had to ha- you had to pay them some respect because there's something about them. They're not the usual they're Collingwood who you love to hate. I, I really like the coach, Loz. We, we, I think we like listening to Craig McRae, don't we? Like he, he, he talks a lot of oh, I sense. do. I, I love listening to him because he's instilled a, a winning mentality in that team, and it's not about feeling sorry for yourself. It's about going out there. I, I, I like his language. I, I just think he's a for a first year coach. He's been very impressive. Yeah, they're like Queensland lads, they just keep coming, eh? They never... Oh, they do. They don't give up. And yeah. that, it, the more times you do that, I'll tell you, eventually get a big reward for it if they can do that again next year. Yeah, true. Who's your villain, Dale? I uh, mean, villain, mate, uh, was going all right on the pun on Saturday, and. Bloody chain of lightning, Jamie Carr. How do you get beat at $1.70? Dead set. Yeah, it was... I tipped it to everyone. I told me, mate, to go all in, and I, I anchored it in three moldies. i tell you what, if it won, I would have had a Reuben Wiki today, and I'd be at home counting my cash. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Dale. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that hurt, that uh, loss on Saturday. It was uh, extremely well back chain of lightning there at Caulfield. Got to read this text out from the People's Public and there at Queanbeyan. Uh, the green haze above the finals has cleared, unfortunately. Full credit to Para, way too good. What about this one? Hero Ricky Stewart for shouting the Raiders fans um, their petrol at the servo on the way home from the game. 
villains to para fans at my pub who've been relentless since Friday night. <laughs> well, how good is that? So Ricky's obviously seen a few, probably, what, at Sutton Forest there on the way back? Somewhere there, Somewhere and he shouted the petrol. Uh, no, good. he's a good man, Rick. I know he's got his critics, but um, he's a, a very, very good man, a very good coach, and yeah, that wouldn't be the first time he's done something like that, Mido. Oh, that's good to hear. Thanks for shouting that out, the People's Public, and Anthony's on the line. Morning, Anthony. Good morning, guys. Before we share as a Loz, I didn't see any three-off fillies with Worry Foxy Cleopatra on the weekend, did you? Uh, I saw the races yesterday um, down there in Flemington. None of them worry, Foxy. No, oh, sh- no, 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 no. You, Foxy's got them all covered. You're in on Wednesday, <laughs> aren't you, Loz, again? Uh, nom, nom. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I don't know whether she'll run, mate, but it, um, I'll let you know. I'll let anyway, you know. Heroes, heroes, the Texas stole my uh, thunder, but I'll do it. Say it again. It was David Becker for not using his status and staying out there with the punters for 13 hours. I just wondered, Loz, if Meadow had uh, Beckham celebrity, would he do the same? But he stayed stay out with the punters or try to get them, try to sneak in early? Oh, Mido would try and sneak in early. Oh, no brainer for me. He, he would be doing, don't you know who I am? Yeah, Move yeah. out of the way, all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, that'd work. Yeah. Uh, so we'll yeah. that to the date. I'd just say I'm Boris Johnson's son. <laughs> and the second one, the second one, Rowan Smith, Brian's son, he won the Queensland Cup at his first attempt last year. He took over Leeds Rhinos halfway through this year when they're running second last and, and looking for relegation, trying to get out of relegation. And he's taken all the way to the grand final, beating Catlins and William in the semis. He's taken he's taken his first attempt to taking him all the way from second last to the grand final this weekend. Yeah, he's done a really good job over there. Unfortunately, though, they've got a couple of guys that'll be missing from that um, yeah. grand final. I think Aiden Sees will be one. Did you see the hit Johnny Bateman put on him? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he got sent from the field, Johnny Bateman. See, but um, was, Well, see, they've got a two-week rule. We've only got a seven-day rule. So... Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I, I think at the end of this season, I think we'll see a mandatory stand-down policy for the NRL with people that suffer head knocks. Yeah. I, so I think it'll be definitely one week uh, you have to miss. He's continued to Smith legacy over there. Brian's done, done well over there, and so is Uncle Tony. Yeah, no, and good on him. Good call. The, the villain um, won the French ref. And the second one, with Roger Federer's retirement, I want to make Richard Freeman a villain because... When he was hosting the BSB 20 years ago with TK, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he said, he, he, well, I hope your producers can find this, he says, Roger Federer is an underachiever and by the end of his career, he won't fulfil his full potential. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20, Might have got that one wrong. <laughs> so I hope you can find it. He was with TK. This is like when Federer was obviously, you know, lost, lost a uh, final or something and he goes, well, this kid's got He's had plenty of talent, mm. but he's an underachiever, and by the end of his career, he won't fulfill his full potential. Well, he, so, he had a temper early in his career, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, 20 claims later. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Good on you, Anthony. Appreciate the call, mate. Just on the text line here, Villain Latrell Mitchell, because the game is about teamwork, not a one-man show. Hero Patrick Cripps, the Brownlow medal winner. His acceptance speech, so humble and all about how it takes family, friends, teammates to make a man and player. Uh, P.S. Well done, Jeff Rowe, says Sarah in Coonabarabran, sending that one through. Um, hey, SB, BSB team, heroes and villains. Hero, the Swans holding on for a one-point win to make a fairy tale send-off for Buddy in the grand final. Villain is, how about this one? 
Villain is the grub who saw me drop my tab ticket when I pulled out my wallet at the bar and collected it at West's MacArthur. Had 250 on the Swans to win 1-39. to They have your picture on video for the next time you return to the club, says Mark. Oh well, God. that is disappointing, Mark. I feel for you there. If someone's, uh, if they saw you as well and just picked up the ticket and ran, not good. Uh, M- Mitch is on the line. G'day, Mitch. G'day, guys. How you going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. Who's your hero and villain? Mate, uh, hero's the Juno Diesels Football Club. Um, yesterday, the under-18s in the reserve grade won the premiership. So, um, I think, if anything, was the under-18s and something to go by were in pretty good hands, mate, for the next few years. Uh, Mitch, yeah, and they're a good side because I think a few of those guys played and won in the under-16s, was it last year or the year before? Yeah, mate, yeah, and a couple of the 18s boys uh, backed up and played in the reserve break grand final as well. Yeah, oh, that, that's good signs for the club because obviously we didn't have a first-grade side this year, Mitch, but, uh, you know, the 16s made the finals, 18s winning it, reserve grade winning it. Hopefully that'll reinvigorate. Um, the town and, and, and get a bit more excitement happening around the footy and hopefully they'll be able to field four sides next year. But that's a, that's a good result. It's a good result because, you know, yeah, be, fun, beating yeah. the Tigers and the Cherry Pickers, they're always hard. Yeah, especially the under-18s, mate. It's um, yeah, really good spirit, good culture within that team to come back from 14 nil down and uh, ended up winning 16-14 in the second half, mate. So it's a really, really good win. Oh, that's good. No doubt they would have celebrated uh, last night and today. Mate, I think, um, yeah, I think it'll be Mad Monday, uh, whatever Tuesday, whatever Wednesday, through <laughs> to next weekend by the sound of it. Oh, beautiful. As long as they behave, and they'll, uh, everyone will be happy. They will, mate, they will. Who's the villain, Mitch? No villain, mate, no villain. Just the hero. Nah, you good know, stuff. Football club. Great stuff. Make sure they use that courtesy bus too, Loz. Hopefully they're in uh, <laughs> June over the next couple of days. Might come in handy, unless you live 10 metres away. Still use it. <laughs> <laughs> Do a lap. Get off last. Okay, we've got Ali Mosley from Sky Racing. Ali, good morning to you. Good morning. You know, I'm actually at the two-year-old child at the moment. I'm having a good look at all the babies. Ah, brilliant. Of course, we're not far away from the breeder's plate and uh, the gym crack where we'll see a lot of those debutantes of course, but uh, Ali, you're getting a lot of love on the text line this morning for your selections on Friday. And uh, Nature Strip punters are always pretty well loved. And $2.10 now for the Everest. Is the Tab Everest over? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans, so I'd like to say yes, but then I'd also like it to be a, um, a nice competition. So you never know. And I was, I was most taken actually by Lost of Running in that race. So, I mean, obviously Nature Strip the standout and he probably warrants that 210 quote for the Everest. I know he came in from, I don't even know what he was, 240 into 210 or something. But um, I just thought Lost and Running was enormous. And John O'Shea said the whole way um, through this prep that he's come back more forward. So I just think we'll see a more bold showing from him as we move into the Everest overpass, of course. I'm sure that spot will be locked in in the next day. I'm, I'd, I'd imagine they've already, they've already um, almost done the deal and we'll get to hear about that soon. And um, Mazu was fantastic too. Eduardo... Um, tricky for him. I don't think he lost any any fans at all um, on that run. And and I think I don't want to. I mean, I, as I said, I love Nature Strip, but I'd like to think it's it's a little bit more open than that. I think Boston Running will put his hand up. What did you make of Enemo winning his fifth Group One? Oh, enormous race wide. You know, it didn't probably suit his ideal racing pattern, and 
and that's where you know having someone like James on just just suits him suits him to the ground. Um, I know that they were saying that he he pulled up three out of five lame. I'm I'm, I'm hearing that that all is well um, now. So I just think he's he's a super animal, and I don't even think we've seen the best of him yet. I don't think he even was in top gear on Saturday. Everything about him is physical. The way he you know parades when he's in the yard, he just commands respect, and and his racing style shows that as well. So I think we'll just we'll just see improvement from him. Who else impressed you on the weekend, Ali? Oh, I was pretty happy with Solero. Everyone was getting into me about tipping Solero in, in the highway, but I think he ran super, and I, I just saw a much more settled horse a couple of weeks ago behind the barriers, and I thought, I think he's putting it all together now. So I liked him. Um, of the oh, Who else sort of stood out, jumped out of the ground? There are a few that um, you sort of saw. Benno, oh, gee, I don't know what to make of Benno. I, I want to stick with him. Um, but it's hard hard not to sort of start putting him in the category of do you trust him to back him anymore? Um, but I think Nature Strip was, was the clear standout there um, of the day and, and didn't get off and have a day out. I oh. think they just had one of the best days they've, they've probably had in, in the last few years. So fantastic them. I think they've got a good band of horses going into spring. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Aft cabin down south and, oh, gee, the rain. I, I was at a pub about, I reckon, 10 minutes from Caulfield and when that race was on as you saw it on your screens it was torrential sideways rain alley and Jamie Carr just managed to navigate and spoke afterwards about well you know lucky that there was no horse in front of her because she couldn't really see a thing yeah well normally we're faced with that here in Sydney so it was sort of nice to be sitting in the sunshine at Randwick and and not nice I I feel for them but nice for us to not be the ones getting pelted with rain for once in our lives um so I, I, I think we were really lucky and, and, and unfortunate for them. But I guess that's just how, how we go now with this Lenino weather event sticking around. I think we just have to get used to, to dealing with these weather conditions, the rain, the heavy tracks, and, and, and taking what we can out of it. Gee, I'm looking – I'm sorry I'm so distracted. I'm looking at all these two-year-olds. There's some absolute belters here. I just want to mention this one. Looking at um, a horse called Godfather, who's by I Am Invincible, he's a $1.1 million colt, and he is an absolute – Ripper. Okay. So if anyone's looking at early betting, I just, I really like it. Godfather. Yeah, I'm invincible <laughs> to be trained by the Snowdens. So yeah. it's yeah. an early one to keep an eye on, probably headed to the Breeders' Plate in a couple of weeks' time. <clears throat> I would imagine so, but um, we're covering the trials on Sky Thorough Rep Central this morning, so you can have a good look at them all for all those um, trial pervs out there. You can have a look at the two-year-olds for the first time. And heading towards the Golden Rose on Saturday, Ali, you win anyone's quarter in particular with In Secret, the $3.50 favourite in the all-in market as it stands from Stablemate Golden Mile at five. Jackano, $8 on the third line of betting at the moment. Have you got an early lean? I like Golden Mile. I know James McDonald's elected to ride um, in secret, but I think Golden Mile will be the one to, to pit the, the stable mate. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting. And again, get open with a, with a really strong hand in that race. And Jack and I trialed super as well. Jack and I's up here already. He trialed last Tuesday. And um, really quiet trial. He just sort of did his best work late, but it was, it was a super impressive trial. But I think Golden Mile could, could beat that stable mate. We will chat later in the week, Ali. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.